You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of The Process. Man, how's everybody doing? Welcome back to The Process. Again, The Process is always great in the product. 10-year NFL vet Sean Barber. I'm here with my man Christian McCoy. We're going to get to his life story in a little bit, but before we do that, we got to pay some bills. I'd like to thank our title sponsor, the McGinnis Group, where, yes, I'm working for the McGinnis Group, and we do a we do an amazing job of specializing in employee benefits, healthcare insurance for companies, retirement, financial services, life insurance, and long-term care. We would love to have the opportunity to review your current plan and learn more about your game plan for the game of life. And remember, to be a part of the MGI team, and remember what team means, T-E-A-M, together, everyone achieves more. And with that being said, man, welcome to the process. The process is always great in the product. I'm Sean Barber, your host. And again, like I said before, we are so thrilled to have the man, the myth, the legend. He's a mountain of a man, not only on the field, right? Causing nightmares on the field, but in our community when it comes to charity. Man, his heart has been so wide, so open. From California here to Kansas City, my man, uh, former uh, NFL running back, former Chiefs, current Hall of Famer, current Chiefs Ring of Honor. You just keep putting on the accolades. My man, Christian Nkoye. Keep it coming. Keep it coming. <laughs> <laughs> So we start every show, Christian. Hey, we're going to get right into it. We start every show with the who, the what, the where. Who is Christian Okoye? What is he doing now? And then where can people find you on social media? And so we'll just kick it off like that, man. We'll kick it off like that. Christian Okoye is a kid that came from Nigeria, grew up in Nigeria, mm. uh, went to high school in Nigeria, and then uh, got into track and field. And uh, track and field brought him to Azusa Pacific University in Southern California, where he went to school. Uh, talking about me now. Yes. <laughs> and um, uh, eventually played football, started playing football junior year in college. Mm. And I played uh, three years there and was drafted by the Chiefs and uh, spent about six years playing for the Chiefs. And now um, working with my foundation, Christian Okoye Foundation, and founded the California Sports Hall of Fame, and I'm um, the head of it. Uh, and it's a lot of work, but we're doing it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So you mentioned the Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, you're the president and the founder of the Christian Quaye Foundation. Let's talk a little bit about the Christian Quaye Foundation. My first experience, obviously, I knew you was a part of it. But when COVID hit, when COVID hit, um, you reached out to me. It was like, Sean, listen, I'm in California. Hey, this COVID thing, I've accompanied or I've joined forces. We've created all these N95 masses. We want to make sure that people are covered and people are taking care of themselves. They're as healthy as possible. And when you reached out to me and told me, hey, Sean, I'm shipping boxes of, in the thousands, 25,000 a box, uh, 2,500 a box, whatever it was. He was like, can you name a few companies back in Kansas City that have a need for masks? And I'll make sure they get shipped. And so I was wondering, all right, well, who's going to pay for this? And he was like, <laughs> bro, I didn't ask you for no money. <laughs> I asked you for organizations and names that could need masks. Yeah. And I, I think I sent you, uh, you know, eight or nine different organizations. Yes. And within seven days, they received a shipment of thousands of those top end, top quality masks. Yeah. And I just couldn't believe, I, in the bottom of my heart, I was just like, man, like, I couldn't believe how quickly you re you, re you responded to the call when there was a need. Yeah. Um, so things like that, the Christian Aquaria Found Foundation is doing. And that's the way you impact Kansas City. But what else other ways are you impacting 
uh, the other communities you're involved. Well, we did the same thing to other cities, especially in California, <clears throat> um, because uh, we uh, are partnered with a company that uh, just shipped it, a shipload of N95s from China or whatever, and they were trying to, you know, sell it, and some of it they couldn't sell. So I told them, I said, listen, I can pay you pennies on the dollars for this uh, mass. You know, give them to me. I have a foundation, and we can help you, you know, distribute it to those people that need it because a lot of people needed it. Uh, the mass. So um, uh, he said it to me by the truckloads, mm. you know. So um, I, that's when I called you when he gave me the addresses and we started sh shipping them out. And, um, and a lot of people appreciated it. People were coming to my storage uh, facility in California, picking those masks up. And um, they helped out a whole lot of people and we were able to just ship all of them out. And um, and, and, and I was very happy when that happened. And people still thank me today for that. Well, we yeah. talked about, man, this, this, the impact you've had on so many different communities. Um, people can find you on social media. Um, you don't, don't look for them in this personal social media, but if you look for the Christian Okoye Foundation, it has its own website, www.christianokoye.com. Uh, that'll link you, show you links to get to the foundation. If he's on Facebook, it's Christian Okoye 35 X, which is now used to be Twitter, now X, uh, just Christian Okoye, and then obviously on Instagram, Christian Okoye 35. So that's where you can find him on social media. Uh, but definitely when you're looking for him, don't overlook the foundation because that's where all the important things are going on. Looking up for his stats, trying to find out highlight videos. I uh, mean, you can find those anywhere. He's ran over a bunch of people during his career. But what he's doing now in the community and how he's impacting so many lives through his foundation that's where you really want to look. So, man, just so much appreciation, so much love for the Christian Akoya Foundation. And so now let's talk about this new book you got, man. We haven't talked about that. Um, the the Nigerian Nightmare, that's the title, right? That was your nickname yeah. as a player. That's right. And so that became the title of the book. I saw it was a uh, it was some 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 four words by Bruce Arians Yeah. Um, uh, with the book. But uh, let's go and talk about the process of uh, what, what, what inspired you. And what is the book? Uh, obviously, we know it's about your career, but what are some of the main topics that have to be involved? Well, you know, all along, people have been asking me to write a book. Did you write a book? Are you going to write a book? You need to write a book and so on and so forth. So um, I've been thinking about it. And I think I started about six years ago or maybe seven. Uh, I started with a guy in Kansas City who helped uh, write you know, something, but I didn't like it. And uh, Eric Dickerson is a good friend of mine. And um a guy from New York wrote his book by the name of Greg Hanlon. Mm. And uh, he wrote his book, and I really liked his book. And uh, so I said, you should call this guy. And I called him, and uh, he was fantastic. You know, this guy don't have any time because everybody's been calling him to write their books, you know. So he took me up on it, and um, he wrote it, and uh, it took about 18 months. And uh, we got everything in it, I think, I hope. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I really like it. I like it, and um, it's just uh, everything about my life from Nigeria, the transition from track and field to football, and uh, everybody that helped me along the way, because, you know, uh, I've always said that, um, you know, whatever success you have in life, whatever level that you have uh, success in life, somebody helped you along the way, yes. you know, so I made sure that I talked to, talked about all those people that helped me along the way, uh, starting from Nigeria, my dad, my family, and uh, the coach that came to my dad because my dad didn't want me to play sports in Nigeria. And this guy came and uh, told my dad he would take 
care of your son. He says, I will take care of your son. I'll come pick him up. And after practice, I make sure I bring him back home so that you know that he's, he's home safe. And uh, he did that. And uh, because of that, I got into sports and uh, developed into what I am today. And, um, you know, so it always takes somebody yes. to help you out. So uh, saying that, I also tell people that when you know that somebody helped you, uh, you're obligated to help somebody else. Mm -hmm. And that's what we all do. Man, we appreciate that. And you got a book signing coming up at Kelly's Inn in Westport. Yes. yes. 6 p.m. What day is that? It's uh, this Saturday on the 21st, um, 6 p.m. at Kelly's Westport. Perfect. So if you want an uh, autograph, signed book, you want to come purchase a book and support uh, the, the new book by Krishna Koye, obviously called The Nigerian Nightmare, and it's his journey from Africa uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs and beyond. Love that. Love the title. Love the book. I'm going to go get it myself. I'll be out there at Kelly's. Uh, so come not only see Krishna Quay, but come at, holler at your boy, right? So, hey, before we go to break, I got one big question. You mentioned Eric Dickinson was one of your boys. Yeah. Right? Listen, everybody who doesn't know, Krishna Quay is a, a tremendous golfer. He's an amazing golfer, but he plays. He has a he has a celebrity list of golfers he played with. So I want to know who is the top three golfers. I'm going to list these names, and there's probably more names than you got, okay. but – Halton from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Alfonso, Roberto, I can't even remember his whole name, but Spud Webb, Marshall Falk, Eric Dickinson, um, Rodney Pete, Chris Hale, Emmett Smith, Bruce Aaron. Of, of those groups, and you can name some more people that you yeah. play with, who, who would you say are the top three celebrity golfers that you play oh, with? Oh, my goodness. Uh, Marshall Falk, of course. Uh, he can hit the ball long, and he, um, he works at his game a lot. And um, he's probably the best one of, of all of us. Um, this this guy, we went to Puerto Rico to this charity event, and um, they had a, a celebrity shootout, mm -hmm. and um, they had people betting who is going to win the shootout, right? He bet on himself. Marshall Falk bet on himself. He bet on himself. People were beating himself. He bet on himself, and he won it. <laughs> <laughs> he won it. So that's how confident he was. And, uh, of course, Eric can play. He yeah. plays every day, so he can play. And uh, Barry Sanders can hit it long, you know. Um, uh, let me see. A uh, bunch of guys. I said he was uh, an Adrian Peterson or somewhere else. Adrian Web. Peterson, yeah. Adrian Peterson is not really a golfer. Oh, He, did, I, he, he has all these charity events. I see him all the time. No, he goes, but he, he, he says um, he doesn't like golf that much, but we're trying to make him bring him in, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, so he, he comes around. Uh, Spot Webb plays a lot. He's good. He's sneaky good. Yeah, you know he doesn't hit it very long, but he's very good around the green. So and that's important. Uh, let me see. Um, just a bunch of guys, man, um, that we have fun playing and we bet also when we play. Uh, I don't hit it long either. You know, I told him I said you guys are competing with a with a handicapped guy, <laughs> you know. But um, I, I'm I'm okay around the green, so that's where I get him. You know, they all can hit past me, but around the green, you know, the second shot is my, that's where I get them. So uh, we have fun doing it. Cool, cool. Well, listen, as, as ex-celebrity, ex-football players, man, we, we find a, a peace of mind at fellowship while we're on the golf course. Hey, man, four or five hours to be able to kind of just let go of that, uh, that, that brutality of what happens on the field yeah. and then just find more of a peaceful spirituality mindset. Golf is a beautiful sport. It allows you just to focus, um, really get your soul and your rhythm and your, your body and spirit all in the same manner. 
Marshall Falk is a man. He's a tremendous person, not just a golfer, not a football player, but just as a brother. Um, I, I met him at some of the golf events and stuff like that. And he's just yeah. a beautiful person, man. So yeah. I, it doesn't surprise me because of his competitive nature that he always bets on himself. Mm-hmm. And he's probably been working on that game because he knows, like saying from a confidence standpoint, yeah. he's probably one of the best celebrities there is out there. So yeah. everybody who uh, supports the Kansas City Chiefs ambassadors or any of our alumni events, if we have any ambassador events, this is the guy you want to make sure that's on your force. And, uh, <laughs> and when we get back, we're going to talk more about the Chiefs, what's their uh, upcoming game, some of their schedules, some of our own experiences when we face the Chargers. And when we do all that, we'll summarize it and, and, and just wrap it up in our last segment, getting to know more about the person, the man, the myth, the legend, the mountain of a man, Mr. Christian Okoye. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it? Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back. So you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. I personally have been talking to somebody for a few years now, and it's amazing how much better you'll feel by learning more about yourself through it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com KCSN today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash KCSN. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Man, welcome back to the process. Always, man, the process is greater than the product. Again, man, Sean Barber, former linebacker for the Kansas City Chiefs, 10-year NFL vet. And I'm here with my guy, uh, Christian Okoye, man. He's in town. Obviously, we have Chiefs Legends Weekend. Um, it's going to be a big, big week. We're going to. Um, you're already in the ring of honor. Yes. Dante Hall is going to be inaugurated or accepted or however you want to uh, term it, right. enshrined into the ring of honor. 
Uh, so excited for that young man, man. Obviously, X Factor, man. A tip of the hat to you. Uh, but you spoke about another guy. You spoke about Marshall Falk earlier, and we talked about his confidence level as far as betting on himself. Let's talk about the way that confidence level might be even something we talk about when it comes to our Kansas City Chiefs. Um, you know, 5-1, and one, uh, number one seed right now in the AFC, uh, top of the division. Uh, we're facing the Chargers. They've always been a competitive game. It's always been um, – you talk about the, the way that the Chiefs have dominated the AFC West over the last eight years. Well, a few of the losses have always come to the charge. They've always been able to play us very close. So, uh, maybe what is your what is your thoughts about maybe some of the mindset of some of the not only the players, but maybe some of the coaches when it comes to Kansas City Chiefs about where they stand right now as far as the season? Well, you know, every time you play a team in the division, it's always a tough, tough game. Yeah. You know, it's like a playoff game because you're playing not to lose. You know, you're playing to beat them. Yeah, you you want to you want to make sure you win the division so you can represent the division in the playoffs. And that's what the Chiefs have done all these years for for the seventh year, right? Eighth, for the eighth, eighth year in a row, right? Something, something like AFC that. West, eight years in a row. You know, so and uh, you know, Chargers always. I think they are the only team that is challenging the Chiefs every year, and they they they've done it very very well, um, but they haven't succeeded. But uh, talking about confidence, you know, confidence uh, in the team always comes down from the head coach. Mm. You see, so and I've seen that. Uh, very true with uh, Andy Reid, uh, talking about Chiefs players. So when you see them play on the field, especially last year, they, it's coming together now. But last year and the, the year before, um, you saw the confidence in the players, the way they participate in the games. Uh, you know that the, chief, the, the, the head coach is the one that um, you know instills the confidence on his players. Um, last year, it was kind of uh, iffy, and then we got it together, went to the Super Bowl, and then won it. This year is the same way. Uh, by this time last year, I saw a lot of experts saying that uh, the Chiefs are not going to make the playoffs. Mm. But we made the playoffs and won the Super Bowl. You know, And this year, they're not saying it again because they know they made a mistake last year. Uh, this year is kind of like the same way, but we're playing better, I think, this year. We spe- you expect a lot, of, a, lot of self- a lot of good things from the Chiefs, but um, uh, 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 we think they're not playing as good this year. But they're actually playing very good this year. We have a better defense, you know, and the uh, offense is getting better each week, and uh, it's going to be better this week. So uh, that's the thing. Confidence is everything. When you have confidence, all the hard work you put in during the week comes true on Sunday. Yeah, you talked about some of the naysayers a year ago kind of hating on the Chiefs, talking about, well, we're not going to make the playoffs because, you know, last year, guess what? We lost one of the most explosive wide receivers in the league how are we going to, you know, uh, uh, overcome that? How are we going to overcome losing the cheetah? And the offense just found a way to uh, bring, you know, bring uh, themselves even closer together as a family on, on the opposite side of the ball and continue to evolve as an offense. And there's breaking news now. The Kansas City Chiefs have uh, traded a, 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 a 2025 six-round pick for Miko Hardman and then the 2025 seventh-round pick. I think they're going to swap the sixth and seventh-round pick but we bring in Miko Hardman, a former wide receiver of Kansas City Chiefs from last year, back into the fold. Uh, he wasn't getting a bunch of playing time. They was, you know, uh, deactivated for a few games, I think, with the Jets. So whatever the, what thing was going on up in New York, it just wasn't a good fit for him. But, hey, man, come on back home, right? Come back right. to where you're comfortable for, a comfortable where he knows the offense. He knows the offense. We get an experienced receiver added to the fold. And a lot of people, I mean, like, listen, for the first couple of weeks of the season, I know I've heard a lot of people saying, man, our offense is just – you know, it was the drop 
balls in week one. And then it was some maybe uh, lack of confidence in the receivers running the right routes when it came to the just the way they were finishing routes, you know, in, in the last couple of weeks. And then not having the amount of uh, targets or the amount of receptions and big plays in the passing game when it came to, you know, last week because it was so Kelsey focused. Man, I think that there's so much room for growth in our current receiver room. I think bringing a receiver back like Miko, who understands what it means to be drafted by the Chiefs, grow over a three-year period of time, move on and realize, hey, it, the grass ain't always green. <laughs> at another team. It doesn't matter That's if the right. team is the Jets and it's their, their color's yeah. green. Yeah. Um, there's, there's still an opportunity, I think, for him to come back and add something from a leadership standpoint, from a maturity, mentorship standpoint. And I think he can add overall to that wide receiver room. I think so. I think so. I mean, he's coming back to he's coming back home. You know, he knows the offense, and uh, he's played with all these players, Patrick in particular, and uh, he knows exactly uh, how we played last year or the year before, and so on. So I think uh, he's going to add big time to the Chiefs' offense. Yes, I'm yes. looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. So we know the Chiefs got, like we said, it's upcoming is Alumni Weekend. Uh, we're about to face the Chargers. Uh, the Chargers, man, listen, they, they come off a bye week. They come off a, a, a loss, a late loss to uh, the Dallas Cowboys. They're going – it's a heavyweight fight. They're going back and forth. And from what we know this year, the Dallas Cowboys is one of the uh, playoff potential teams. They have a lot of weapons on offense and defense. Uh, and that game comes down to the last quarter. It comes down to, the uh, you know, you got to make a play. And at the end of the, the day, um, Herbert threw an interception that – you know, allowed the Cowboys to run out the clock. Uh, but they were in that ball game. They have playmakers. Um, uh, Keenan Allen has been and it's kind of revived his career. I mean, he's having I mean, he's one of the top 10 receivers this year as far as receptions, yardage. Um, Austin Eckler missed a few games yeah. due to injury, but he's came back. They have great pass rushers, too. You know, so, I mean, yeah. I trust uh, our offensive line to contain them. And, um, you know, uh, that press card is not – I took my homes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you're right about that. You know, so, yeah, the Chargers are going to have to face the Chiefs. And obviously, it's great to have this being a home game uh, with all the excitement from the legends. Like we said, having all the, the former guys back into the building. Uh, I know when I was a team, I mean, when I played NFL, when I played for the NFL and I was a part of a team, whenever we had the legends come back, when we had former players come back, it did mean something more. To me. I did I did feel a little bit of extra uh, uh, uh a little bit of extra support. weight on my shoulders. Yeah. I felt some more support. Yeah. I felt a little bit more powerful. I felt like that woo lick that when I laid that hit, I could get up and point up to the stands and to some of those older players and say, that one's for you, man. That one's That's for you. Right. Um, it, it, it does come with a little bit of added responsibility. And I think that's good because uh, when you have a team that's going as well as we have it going, uh, it, it's, it's sometimes easy for a team to lose focus when things are going well. The defense is playing lights out and you kind of, you get a, wounded Charger team coming in. But sometimes a wounded team can be dangerous, right? Because uh, their back is kind of against the wall. This is kind of their season. This this is, is, is week seven uh, in the NFL, but as far as the Chargers are concerned, this can kind of be a make-or-break game for their whole season. i tell you what, Sean. Uh, I, I remember before the Chiefs started winning, the first or second year and the Red came to the team, you know, I, I opened my big mouth. I was in New York and I was in, invited by... Uh, Tiki Barber and Tierney show and um, Tiki and Tierney, yeah, yeah, and that was in the show. And they were asking me, man, what do you think about the Chiefs? Um, you know, they're not living up to their potential or whatever. 
And I say something like, um, man, I don't know if Andy Reid is the right coach for us and this and that. Man, I tell you what, next year I was hitting my words. <laughs> but you know what? It takes a big man to admit that he was wrong. Like, oh, yeah, it just it, it, is a uh, to not know Andy Reid. Right. So I had the uh, luxury of playing two years with the Eagles. So, so I know Andy Reid's process. I know the way he gets himself involved with the evaluation of players. I know what he's looking for as a team. I know that his leadership is an internally driven machine. Yes. It's all about yes. creating a competitive nature all preseason long in every room. He wants competition in every room, every position, because competition builds uh, um, achievement. It, yes. it helps guys get better and better, and he does not take any shortcuts ever. It's not a, there's no shortcuts in his training camp. He doesn't ask for extra days off. He makes guys work for their days off. He, yeah. Nothing is given. Everything is earned when it comes to Andy Reid. And he just he treats guys with so much respect. That's treats them as men. Very important. Um, yeah. And he does that over and over when it comes to everything. So yeah. it, it was only a matter of time before I knew that he could build that same winning culture he had in Philly here and being a former player of his. I just saw that building so fast. And when he selected Patrick Mahomes and I had that chance to break down the film and watch him during training camp, I just, I said, Hey man, Alex Smith, this is going to be his last year. Cause when, when Patrick <laughs> takes over, he's going to take over. And he, I mean, from day one, he stepped in there he demanded the respect of those guys. Yeah. And it's everything he does with his legs, with his arms, the film study. I mean, he's a pro's pro at the most important position on the field. I remember, I remember the first year that Patrick started, started and, um, People were saying, what is going on? What are they thinking? Alex Smith was a great quarterback. Why is you shipping him off and stuff? And uh, I remember um, during the offseason, we're doing like one of those um, fantasy camps. Yes. And um, and uh, Andy Reid was there and uh, Clark Hunt was there. And uh, they answered the questions that people had. And they said, well, you know, we studied defense. We watched this kid play and we have all the trust in him. You know what I'm saying? I was like, well, if you guys do, man, I, I don't have nothing to worry about that because I don't know. Yeah. I never played for uh, Andy Reid, but I can sense the kind of demeanor that he brings to the players. Mm. He brings the temperature down. He makes you listen. He makes sure that players listen to him, and that's that's very very important because if players can listen to you, you know that's all you need. If you make it in the NFL, you're a good great player. Yes, you are. You're a good player. So. It takes a smart coach like him to bring all that out in you. Man, Andy does a great job of leading the ship. Yeah. He's that he's that rudder. He's that he calms the waters. He creates a environment for guys that really they become laser focused on their job, their alignment, their assignment, their responsibilities. He talks about it all the time. If you ever listen to him on the Chiefs app, he talks about eliminating distractions. Yeah. How do we eliminate distractions and let guys go play? And he does that over and over and over again. And then when there is a mistake or there's something where the team doesn't, you know, the third and short problems or, you know, some of the passing game prompts, he's the first person to say, you know what, that's on me. As a coach, I got to put him in better positions. I got to I got to coach him up. I got to create some uh, a better tempo, a better flow. I got to get us into a group. So he takes all the bullets. He takes all the uh, negativity because he wants you as players just to be so focused on your job on yeah. the field. You know, I uh... – I developed a huge amount of respect for him when he handled Michael Vick when he came back. You know what I'm saying? I don't think any other coach could have handled Michael Vick the way he did. Mm -hmm. He gave him an opportunity and he just let him play, you know, and uh, and Michael Vick produced for him. Yes, sir. You know, so I have all the respect for Andy Ray for doing that. Great. Shout out to Coach Andy. Obviously, uh, Coach Andy Spagnola, 
Um, uh, there's a uh, Andy Heck. There's a number of guys. Todd Pinkston that I played with, former teammates of mine, and now on the coaching staff. Uh, Joe Cullen, the D-line coach, man. Coach Cullen, we talk about how the LZs, the way he got that D-line fired up, rotating those guys in, just staying passionately, uh, pursuing the quarterback. There's so many great things that are going on. When we talk about the Kansas City team, not just the offense, defensively and special teams when it comes to uh, Dave Tobe and, and, and Harrison Bucker and all their things they're doing. So, hey, we're going to take another quick break. This is Sean Barber. Hey, my man, Christian Okoye, we'll be right back at you. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Welcome back. Obviously, hey, man, you're with the process. This is Sean Barber, former linebacker for NFL uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, You're with the process. The process is always greater than the product. And again, before we close the show, before we sum it up, we got to thank, again, the title sponsor, the McGinnis Group, handling all your health benefits needs. If you're a company, corporation, individual, man, reach out to Matt, Sonny, and Scott at the McGinnis Group. Give those guys a call. MGI, you know, remember, the MGI family believes in team. Together, everyone achieves more. And now we're talking about team, man, part of this whole team atmosphere, the process. The reason I even got in the podcast is to be able to tell guys stories. I'm with Christian Accordier. Uh, he's the president and founder of the Christian Accordier Foundation. And over the holidays, Christian, there's a unique opportunity and a unique event that our Kansas City community, anybody who's following us, any of the subscribers, if you want to make some donations to the Christian Coyier Foundation, uh, one of the events that he does every holiday season, I've had to, I've been honored to be a part of it. All of our alumni, all of our ambassadors come in and, and be a part of it. Shop with the jock. Shop with the pro. Shop with a pro. Shop with a yeah. pro um, is an event. You want to speak on that a little bit? Yes, yes. Uh, we do it every December, early December. This year it's going to be December 9th. Okay. So we're going to take 228 kids shopping, and uh, we take uh, all these uh, at-risk uh, poor kids shopping because some of these kids don't get the opportunity to get uh, Christmas mm-hmm. presents. So um, I uh, call on the ambassadors. I'm one of the ambassadors myself to come in and help these kids shop. And uh, we'll, hit, we'll give them 200 bucks each. They go in and buy whatever they want, mm-hmm. and uh, the ambassadors help them pick, pick, pick them out, help them make decisions. And um, it's one of the great events that we do, and um, I truly enjoy it because when you look at these kids' faces when they buy new things, new shoes, and uh, whatever they want, uh, they hope they will, they will have at some point and um, when they get it they're very happy so I love seeing them happy going home and uh, I always look forward to this this event and um, so if you want to uh, participate in donating uh, to the Christian Koei Foundation go to my uh, website uh, christiankoei.com I have a link there to my foundation's uh, page and you can donate there one of the most memorable things you can do this holiday season would be a donation to the Christian Koei Foundation um, shop with a pro December 9th, that's going to go on it. We're going to do it here locally. We ain't telling you where it's at because we don't want y'all coming for autographs. <laughs> it's all about the kids, that event. But that's right. all of our alumni, uh, we have you know 50-plus guys come back. Like Christian said, 220-some kids are going to all get $200 to go out and pick out your shoes, pick out your sweatsuits. Um, the most beautiful thing I noticed each year, the kids don't even use all the money on themselves. A lot of them do buy things for a brother or sister or um, just somebody significant in their life. They always reach, you know, another a T-shirt or a sweatshirt. And we try to make sure they make sound decisions. Oh, don't use all of it on, on a pair of Jordans. 
um, buy buy you a, a black pair of shoes and maybe a nice you know white pair of shoes, two pair of shoes at about fifty sixty dollars a piece. Then buy yourself a nice hoodie or a jacket. Then if you got some extra money left over, spend that on somebody you care about, get them a book bag or something like that. Well, a lot of times, a lot of times parents will bring these kids and um, uh, I've seen one kid one time buy a pair of shoes and he still got money left. And what he did was buy a pair of shoes for his sister. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, uh, it's just a given time. And uh, that kind of brought smiles on my face, you know. Yeah, it's an amazing time, in the, obviously, in the, in, the, in the spirit, in the season of giving. Um, but again, he gives all year long. When you get to that website, you can check out the Christian Aquarius Foundation. You'll see a list of things that he is involved in all throughout the year. The, the, the organization does an amazing job of just showing a, a attitude of gratitude. And we know, no, nobody does it better than my main Christian. Um, well, listen, we talk about giving now. The one thing I did as linebacker, I gave a bunch of hits out. You know, I gave a lot of, I call them woo licks. I gave a bunch of uh, well, woo licks out. That's what you do when you play linebacker. Yeah, and, and it, the Legends game brings up the Chargers. So, like, when I think about the Chargers, um, I think about, man, in Mike's career, it's two guys. You, I know you're the nightmare, but in my eyes, the nightmare that I keep having bad dreams about, LT, and I'm not talking about Lawrence Taylor. I'm talking about LaDane Thomason yeah. and then Antonio Gates. Having to guard these two j jokers and having to hit LT. LT was a, a foot shorter than you and probably 50 pounds lighter. Yeah. But, man, I swear he could he could hit like a 300. He was so explosive, man. He's one of those guys that played bigger than they are. You know, I mean, we have a guy with the Chiefs right now that plays bigger than he is. So the LT is the same way. He plays bigger than his size. He's a little guy, but he plays bigger. So dynamic yeah. in the passing game. Um, great vision. But yeah. just at the point of contact, when it was time to tackle him, he always exploded into you, and you could feel it as a as a tackler. And then, obviously, like I said, Antonio Gates, his career was short, shortened through the injury. He didn't play as long as the Travis Kelseys or uh, play as long as um, Tony Gonzalez's. But yeah. for the years he played, he was one of the most impactful, the most, exp I mean, Man, the toughest everything. guy. Yeah, he caught everything. <laughs> that basketball, he brought that basketball yeah. skill of being able to post up and just – you put it within his wingspan, and he would come down with everything. Yeah. Um, oh, such a threat in the red zone when it comes to touchdown, just throwing balls up to him. Uh, man, Philip Rivers had a monster, monster career just throwing up balls to that young man. So uh, th those are the nightmares in my career. Um, anything from the Chargers? Yes, yes. Like I said, you know, every time you play a team in the division, you mm -hmm. know, I mean, it's always tough. It's like playing a playoff game. And um, when I played, of course, you know, uh, Chargers, I faced the Chargers uh, linebackers, uh, Gary Plummer and Junior Seau. Ooh. And I tell you, Junior Seau is one of those Seau. guys that uh, he plays with reckless abandon. Yes. You know? Yes. It comes like a missile every time. But uh, one particular game uh, in San Diego, um, it was a goal line play, and uh, we got we got we got close to like two yard line, and uh, Marty, of course, is oh he likes to run the ball. To run that he ball. Me, he gave me the ball. And I went in through the uh, A-gap, and I went in, and uh, Gary, actually, he flew in over somebody and hit me and stopped me. And I uh, uh, I think it was Steve DeBerg that looked back. Marty says, run that play again. I don't care if they know what we're doing. Run it again. <laughs> I said, okay, here we go. He came, and I was expecting him yes, to do sir. the same, exact same thing. And he came flying. And I hit him, man. I took him into the end zone. That's what I'm talking about, Marty said. 
And uh, every time I see Gary Plummer, he's talking about the same play. Yeah. So, yeah. man, I hit you. I thought I was going to stop you again. But, man, you saw me coming and you did what you did. Good job. Hey, man, we talk, hey, we talk about, man, just the, man, the hard-hitting nature, the sacrifice, the dedication, the determination. Um, to, I mean, to build a mindset to be a, a pro, pro's pro. Um, getting to the NFL is one thing. Right? It takes a lot of skill level, a lot of uh, avoiding injury, um, a lot of um, just good luck sometimes to be able to be a part of this fraternity we call the NFL. But once you're there and to have a career, and ha- not just a, you know, but a legacy where people remember you by yeah. uh, Nick and the, the Nigerian nightmare and then all the great game footage the years under Marty where everybody knows that the ball is coming down the A-gap and you were still able to uh, just be that that I told my son in football you got to be the hammer or the nail you're gonna be one of the two yeah. well you were always the hammer I mean you well, you were always the guy hammering the nail down um you know winning games with the rushing using your your physicality to uh demand the respect that you deserve uh, that kind of mindset just is not something that everyone has innately no. it's something that develops over time well if I, if I could say something about that every time I speak to kids I talk to them, I mentioned a few players, you know, and um, I mentioned somebody like Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, mm. and also Coach Prime. You know, when he played, people said he was a flamboyant and stuff. And I told him, I said, listen, when you train as hard as those guys train, it's confidence. Mm-hmm. It is confidence. They are not offending you, you know, purposely. They're not calling you names or anything like that. You just don't like the way they feel about themselves because they train so hard that they can talk about it. They are so sure they will do well. Mm-hmm. So they talk about it. You see, not many people can do that. If you train well and ready to play the game, you know, um, you can say the same thing if you want to or if you don't, but you will do well when you prepare. If you prepare, you do well. So when I see those guys doing that or maybe putting uh, some of the players that open their mouth, I say, no, 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 you don't listen to what they say. Just concentrate on your work. And do it. If you prepare, you do well. Mm, that's right. Uh, my my mom's a school teacher, and everybody told us growing up that uh, um, you know um, practice equals perfection. And that's she right. corrected me and said, "No, no, no. It's not practice. It's proper preparation. Proper, practice, proper yeah. Proper preparation. Proper preparation for practicing yeah. the right way. Right. Practicing. They say, well, I want to practice until I get it right.' And they said, "No, no, no. Great players." practice so much they won't get it wrong that's right it's just a different way of it's a different mindset that some guys have about what you're able to commit sacrifice dedicate to your job so that i mean it's everything it, it you know preparing for the, it it's not even worried about the wins and losses you know sean I, I i i'm gonna tell you a quick quick story i wouldn't take too much time um i tell this story to kids all the time um during the offices i go back to california and i train at uh, chafee college and uh, mm-hmm. I go over there and I run the track and do my workout and all that. There's a guy that started working out with me. And um, he started playing for one of those uh, football leagues, you know, local where you can pay and play, right? Mm-hmm. And one day we ran 200 and uh, we were walking to a start, starting point. And he says, Christian, you know, it's people like you that put me out of football. And I said, well, how, how's that? He said, because you made it. That I'm not playing. No, 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 no. I said, you were not there when I was at Azusa Pacific. When I spent four or five hours running stairs, getting ready yeah. for combine, getting myself. I said, in my whole life that I played professional, I said, I never got out of shape. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. You never see me tired. I carry the ball seven times in a row. I'm still there on the field. I never asked to be brought out. So you did not walk as hard. <laughs> I said, you were not there. I said, what did you do? Yeah, yeah. You know, you were over there messing around with your friends, and now you're going to want to get into the game? Yeah. I said, it doesn't work that way. You have to walk yourself into the game. You have to walk hard. Well, people, you know. people have asked me a couple times about you. You know, hey, Barbara, you know, great career, ten years in NFL. Like you said, the things they don't realize is that yeah, I spent five years in college, but that was the five years of college of not taking any spring breaks, yeah. staying in shape all year long, right. um, working out, coming in as a wide receiver, uh, developing my body from a wide receiver to a safety, from a safety to a linebacker. Um, understanding all those positions at different levels. And then once I got that you know, the opportunity to play linebacker, I wanted to be the best linebacker there was. I, I didn't want fatigue to make a coward out of me. I didn't want fatigue to be an excuse for me making a mistake late in the game. Yeah. So I, tra- I, I trained. I didn't use the linebacker training book. I used the DB training book. So I would run routes, uh, do backpedaling drills, uh, cover wide receivers, all in practice, because I wanted my conditioning level to be of a secondary guy. I wanted to yeah. be just off the charts when it came time to be in, uh, just ready for the moment, especially at the end of the game, because that's when all the big moments came. So all the false fumbles, the interceptions, the pick sixes, when those things happened in the second half and it, and, it, and it turned the momentum, those just ended up being so much bigger moments in the game. Yeah. But it's back to the preparation. It's right? knowing what you want. It's knowing what you want first. Yeah. And then going about getting there is the, is the problem right there. And so many people don't know. Man. They think you will be handed out, you know, uh, plaques and everything. No, 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 no. You got to know what you want. You, gotta, you have to work hard for it and get there the way you're supposed to get there. Hey, there's no promises in life. The only thing you can do is commit yourself with two things, effort and attitude. Yeah. Come with tremendous effort and give a positive attitude. I don't care what level of sports you're playing in. You come to work and practice every day with those two things, you will be successful at some level when it comes to team sports. So. On my on behalf of myself, again, Sean Barber, man, Christian Okoye, thank you for your time. Thanks for listening in. We'll be back next week with the process. The process is always greater than the product. Again, one time, let's thank the McGinnis Group, our title sponsor. Man, y'all be blessed. Have a great day and enjoy Legends Week as the Chiefs beat the Chargers.